Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show So Podcast presented by TheSwapReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I am very glad, full disclosure, 100% relieved, glad to come on here in a fantastic mood because... What we saw Saturday was a performance we should have turned in against Wasp, not against Wasp, but against Lincoln and North Northeastern State. Right? Uh, we thoroughly handled a lesser opponent. Now we again, what Wasp reminds me a lot of Fort Hayes last year. I know they had some injuries. They lost some key guys, most notably James Letcher Jr., who is a game away from playing for the Grey Cup up there in the CFL. Right. It's been a very tough year for them, um, right? And, but and what, what they they came out. What did we say? We previewed last week. Said the past few weeks they started strong and faded away. Uh, we saw that firsthand Saturday. They they struck first. Had a had a touchdown. Was not looking promising at all there. Uh, and then Yusho was able to tighten up tighten up on defense there. Pitch a shutout the the rest of the way. Uh, I was scoring them 41 to nothing after that point. Uh, I'm glad for the seniors because uh, again, we know it's been a tough, it's been a tough, tough year for the for the team. I know a lot of those guys they came back because they had high hopes for the season. So I was glad they were at least able to to probably have their best performance against an inferior team this season. If we're if we're if we're being 100 percent honest, uh, I was glad. I was glad for Steph. Uh, we, we know, obviously, you know what the man means to me, but just in terms of the season he's had, right, started off extremely well against Kearney. Uh, then he's had some injury issues, right? He missed a few few games. Uh, he came back last week. I think the shoulder was not 100%, 100% right. I, I was, like I said last week, I was hoping he could play in some kind of role, have a good, a good, a good game. And thankfully, the man, the man did, right? He was used like he was in 2021 down the stretch, mainly as a as a runner. He only did 27 yards entering the game to place 10th all-time in total offensive, uh, total offensive yards. Uh, he left the game with 90, putting him at 9th all-time. I'm happy for the man, right? I feel like I, I, we... I don't take him for granted, obviously. I don't think any of us do, right? But I feel like it's something similar to to like Chaz Stallard or JT Looper or Clay McKenzie. When you're you're in the moment, like you know what you're seeing is special, but it's not until some time passes. I think when you really realize how special it is, right? Like, for example, Mike and Rob, right? Like, I think we all could appreciate in real time uh, that they were two of the best different linemen that we've seen in a user uniform in recent memory. But I think that is that was more evident, right, this year, not having them there, right? So, like, I think it's going to be a similar thing uh, with, with Steph. So, like, I'm glad he still had that moment. Glad he found the end zone twice. Was able to set that record there um, again because it, because you're talking about a guy here. We we first talked to Steph when we brought him off for that one on one. What he said, 
He only left TCU because he wanted to go somewhere where he could leave a legacy, and he was able to achieve that Saturday. Uh, and I, I, I just, I'm, I'm truly, I truly am glad for him. Uh, I'm glad for for Lane and Cooper McCoy on that offensive line opening up holes there to allow Steph to, to get that opening up holes for. I think we had nearly nearly 500 yards of offense. All right. I'm glad for those those guys too. Uh, I believe Mar- I know Monte had a few breakups. I think uh, Rayquan maybe as well. I I was glad for them. I was really I'm mainly glad that Payne and Marlowe were able to to play in that game. We know those are guys that have had injury issues. Uh, I'm just truly happy for them. Uh, if we're looking in terms of the actual game. Okay, the start was not what you wanted to see there on both sides of the ball, right? The defense, you know, we we were we were allowed, we, you know, we uh let them take the opening drive nearly six, six, six minutes, right, getting a a, a touchdown, right? And then offensively, we did not do much better either because we had a three and out. I think we had a false start there. Regardless, right, it, it was looking like we're really about to be in a, in a dog fight against the inferior team. And I thankfully, the guys woke up there. Uh, offensively, we was able to run the ball. Jalen Cottrell had his best game of the season. I'm glad for the man. We know he had a few key drops last week. I think he had a 75-yard touchdown on a screen pass. I was really similar to the 80-yard touchdown one he had last year against Northwest Missouri. Uh, right, Jacob Delso had a solid game. Madison Ridgeway, probably his best game of the season. I was very pleased with what we saw there. Uh, Dawson, outside of a few passes, I thought looked good. Didn't put the ball in harm's way. Uh, ran with it well. Um, I, I, you know, I said there was one in the red zone again. Like I feel like he tries to force the issue at times when we don't need him to force the issue. Uh, but I think over, overall, um, it was a good game. Terrell Davis was able to find the end zone. Um, right, the the run game it was mainly it was mainly Trayvon and uh, Jalen. Right, they didn't play Peyton a lot until the fourth when he got some burn in there. Like I said, though, I, I felt like it was probably the best game of the season for Jenna Cottrell. Um, Offensive line-wise, the holes were there, right? I think uh, there was a couple of drives where the pass blocking was not good, uh, where, where Dawson was kind of having to run, like, almost as soon as the ball was snapped, right? We get, we can't have that knowing we playing Pitt State, and uh, spoiler alert, Pitt State lost on Saturday, so we know not only were they going to be, obviously, up for the game because it was senior day, I had a chance for an undefeated season, but like this is a must-win game now because both them and Central Missouri have one loss. Obviously, they have the tiebreaker over Central Missouri, but if they lose to us, Central Missouri wins the conference. So you add that on top of them being mad because they lost, right? So we can't have that. We 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 can't we can't have that. Uh, I thought defensively. Probably, if we're being 100% honest, if we're being 100% honest, frankly, probably best game of the second best game of the season outside of Kearney, right? Because we look at it, it probably by, I think by far the best run defense we've had since Kearney, 
without without a without a question. Uh, and even if you take away the sack yardage, we still held Washburn to under a hundred yards, which you're supposed to do when you're playing an inferior team. Uh, Washburn's line, I will say, didn't they have? They think uh, was it the commentators said they had like a like a thousand combined career starts, something like that. Uh, it just a lot of experience line. It was a big line, so I give those guys credit. Hunter Zane Zane had a second game. Uh, Connor Johnson, well of a game again. Spoiler alert is one of the uh, Choso Podcast Network players of the week. He had a um, what he had a he had a block punt in there. I mean, he was he had some TFLs in there. He just was flying all over the field. A fantastic two game stretch here. This is the Connor Johnson that we knew and loved from 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 last year. Uh, hopefully, he has a third straight game next week. We, we can we can build off that there heading into the to the offseason. Uh I was also extremely pleased by uh Wesley Hudson, the true freshman defensive in Arizona, Texas, got his first career sack, sat there to Wesley. I'm telling you right now, telling you right now, I, I this is we know we know it's been a struggle there on the line. Outside of Hunter and Zane for the for for the most part, but tell you right now, okay, because I Wesley has looked really good. Again, I just want to see what happens when we get a year into in the in the weight room. I'm telling you right now, this is this is a guy I'm keeping I'm keeping an eye out on because I, I really feel like the future is bright there, right? He had that tip uh last week that led to the I think it was the kind of Johnson pick. Right, like I, this guy is making making plays, making a making an impact. Right, uh, so I was I was pleased there. I was pleased by Lemuel Gordon as well. I did the the whole the whole defensive line was solid. Reed Lindsay had a TFL in there. Glad for Coach Sanders. I think we're getting some progress there, heading into the off season. Hopefully, we can build off that uh, as the only defensive line that. Meant, he was a lineman that we're losing is Mike Pope, who's no longer on the on the team. But Calvin Hutchings has another year, which is good because I can get him on the on the on the podcast now. Um, so I, I'm really I think it I was also with Johnny Wilson was back. He made a, he made a, a great impact too. I think he had a, a TFL and and a deflection. Right, I, I feel like we're gaining steam there. I think we might do best to stay in this four-man front. Man, make sure we keep Hunter and Zane out there. I think that really has helped the run, the run defense, right? I think I think we saw that, especially now. This is what game of what game four, right? It was Lincoln NSU. Yeah, it was game four to four three. I feel like we're coming along now. I was pleased by the linebackers outside of Connor Connor Johnson, uh, Hudson uh, Hudson Grant had his first sack of the season there. Shout out to him, Jack Puckett again, just an absolute beast. Telling you right now that that that's a that's going to be a stalwart for the next three years, and I, I'm I'm glad to have that because this man is making plays every single week, and I have to say I give Coach Brandon Lampenberg credit there because. That linebacker unit, right? Because we we still we still returning Zion, we're still returning Connor. 
Uh, we still have Noah West, who's that hybrid. We do, I will say we we still need to get Noah more involved, though. Like it, it's been better this last handful of games, but we can't we can't have him neutralized. Like he we have to get him move him around, get do something because he he's still our best pass rusher. Uh, but I, I've been very pleased with Jack Puckett. I've been very pleased with Cajun Bird and Reese Roller when they've gotten their snaps at, at, at linebacker, right? Like, I that's a very good, a good unit that's returning all but one guy so far, barring barring transfers. Uh, so I, I that's that's a unit I'm extremely, extremely high on. Are we looking at second there? It got to give... Um, Credit there to Coach Neal and Coach McGuire there, Mosley. Should have had a pick six. We, we should have had a pick six. The man did what he did against Wasburn. Zero sideline awareness, unfortunately. Uh, stepped out of bounds, right? But that's his second pick in, in what, three games, right? So, you know, we, 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 we're doing, doing, we're doing good there. Um, Monte had a solid game. He had a few PBUs in there. Uh, JK, uh, I will say I was glad the way the man had responded. He did get beat there a few times, but he he made up for it there. So I'm I'm glad to see that. Kobe, probably best game of the season, if we're being 100 percent honest. There, he had a beautiful uh, pick off a uh, deflection. Uh, it, I mean, he jumped up in in the air and got it. I was very glad for Kobe. He was closer to the defenders, um, to the receivers more than he had been. Uh, I give the man credit. Again, another week of me saying I contest the record he's better at corner. But given that we are now losing Raekwon, we will still need another safety back there. Um, but again, I was glad for Kobe too. I I, I really I really was. Uh, Cam Manahan had a fantastic kickoff return. I did not know we were putting him. I mean, I think at this point we're throwing guys back there just to see what we got because I know he was the it was a dangerous dangerous for tournament in high school. Not opposed to that, um, because I really don't. I mean, Terrell's a good punt returner, but his role as a receiver, I I kind of hesitantly put him back there, uh, just because he seems to. He, he he's had a breakout season this year. He had a touchdown on Saturday, right? Uh, I just I I mean I get it. He's a great return man. I feel like we've got options, right? Um, so I, I was I was kind of surprised that that we saw Cam Manningham back there, but again, I was very pleased by that. Uh, special teams outside of the miss, I think we had a missed field goal. It's been a tough year for Nicky. Uh, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll rebound next year. But I was very I was very pleased. Got to give Coach James Curley, that's supposed to be coordinator, a ton of credit. Right, we had the block punt. We forced a missed field goal. It has to be like the third, third or fourth missed missed kick that we forced. Not counting the two blocks. Just a well of a season uh, on that on that unit there. Like I said, the kickoff kick, kickoff return unit was solid. The kick coverage unit, though, uh, they almost broke a few returns. We, we got to kind of tighten that up there. Um, but 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 like I said, like I said over, overall though, I was very pleased what we saw out there. Um, I felt we did we did a very poor job on third down. I think we were like two or thirteen or something like that, right? 
Uh, we, 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 we got to do better than that, right? I mean, I, I know a few of those were like late in the game. We were kind of in some weird spots, but we still had to convert those. Um, I thought we did a good job, though. Well, we still kicked. We still kicked too many field goals, right? I I I would need to see where I think we had a few trips in the red zone, and we we got to get field goals, right? We need we need to get touchdowns on those, um, right? Like there's still some things to improve on, but like overall, as against us, clearly overmatched opponent. But this was the best that we've done in terms of playing close to four quarters. The first quarter was not good. I think we were down seven three after that. Because again, I we just we, right like it's just we should, and that's that's a problem. We're starting slow. We started slow. Oh yeah, obviously we started slow offensively last week. But like defensively, right? I think Fort Hayes scored on the opening drive last week. Right, like we can't we can't allow teams to get that early jump on us though. Especially heading into pitch state, that's the last thing we want to do is is give pitch state a a, a, a early advantage on us. So uh, I think we we uh, this gonna be a big test, right? I think pitch state is a good it's a good measuring stick to see truly where the improvements that I feel like we've made the past handful of weeks where it stacks up here because there we 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 know there's no bowl right we know there's no playoff there's no pot of goal at the end of the rainbow here for UCO so we've got to approach this this is our playoffs here we know it's going to be a tough environment right the guys on the roster that was here in 2021 all right no we got shafted in that game we had the momentum we almost made a 19 point comeback we had a bogus illegal shift call on a, on a, on a punt uh, that gave them the the first down to run the clock out right. Like this is an opportune time for those guys, those seniors, right? Like we we haven't had that signature moment this year, right? Like I felt like this is the this is the chance, right? Like this this is the chance. We still are playing for a we a winning season. This be the first time we have back to back winning season since seventeen eighteen. Okay, so like this is still a very big football game that we have against Pitt State. It's a very good measuring stick. We can literally ruin their season. Like we we can honestly ruin their season. Um, so I I'm hoping we can put on this. I'm hoping the guys will be amped. To go out there, right? Obviously, we know this team has struggled on the road the past couple of seasons, right? So, like, I take if the seniors want to end on a high note, you get a marquee road win, you cost Pitt State the conference title, uh, you beat with it. I'm sure they'll probably be still a top ten team. You know, that's a heck of a way to to end, right? I mean, like, yeah, we wanted a ball, we wanted playoffs, but that's a good constellation. Winning all the games that I mentioned earlier, plus then ending with back-to-back winning seasons and that massive upset. Like so, again, that's been the weird part of the season. It's like, no, it, it, despite the average to horrible play that we've seen, like these opportunities still keep arising for these guys to get 
like to have a big moment, right? And I and I just, I hope this time we rise to the occasion on that moment. Uh, and I, I'm hoping we're in for a good, a good game. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. I, I know those seniors, Peyton, Marlowe, Lane, uh, Steph, right, Cooper. I know for uh, Raekwon and Monte. Let's be honest. For the vast majority of those those, those guys, Saturday is it. Okay, I, I, those guys have been playing football for a long time. Right, uh, uh, decorated careers. Uh, it's Saturday's it. So I know they're going to be giving everything they have in those four quarters. I just hope that the fellow teammates will do the same, give everything they have to send those guys off on a high note, send them off on a winning streak with a massive win. That is my hope for that. Uh, but like you know, like I said, and I feel like Saturday is a good step in that direction. Where well, well, that's the second straight game I've been pleased with the with the defense for four quarters. Again, last week they got worn down. Right, offensively, uh, we got back to what we know we could do. And again, I think this was the most complete game that we played against the overmatched team so far this season. So getting into the recap here. Like I said, Wasprin would win the coin toss, chose to, to receive. They would uh, capitalize on that, having a near six-minute drive ending in a touchdown, converting a fourth down and had a little resistance to wrap the rest of the way. And it's 7 nothing at the 9.48 mark. Uh, UCL's offense would go three and out after a false start on Matt Gardner on third down. Uh, however, the Grayson Miller punt, by the way, I just... We have two quality punters. David Vargas is 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 a walking. Uh, I'm telling you, we're in, we're in great hands with, with with Grayson Miller, the freshman. Uh, he had a punt down to the ten and was returned eight yards to the Wasburn eighteen. Uh, the defense will come up though with a fourth down stop, despite a big forty nine yard catch and run. Um, it would be the Wesley Hudson sack on third. And then the ball was thrown behind the Washburn receiver who was who was open for the first down. We 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 got we got lucky on that, right? I, I said the coverage was better, but we still I, I will just I will say the holes in the zone were not as bad. I also feel like there was some more man looks. I I contest maybe. I don't know about Pitt State wise, but like against like guys like Northeastern and and and, and Wasper and Lincoln, and maybe even Missouri Southern to a certain and Kearney, we should be able to play man against those guys. I felt like we should match up well talent wise and size wise, because uh, I I feel like that's a thing, right? Because I feel like last year we played, I feel like more man. Um, and, and so maybe that's also a thing too. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, however, you still would capitalize on that though, aided by a big Darius Milton catch. You still would have to kick a field goal after they were stopped on third and two inside the 10 with 70 seconds to go in the first quarter. Again, we can't, we can't have that. When we get into red zone, it's gotta be touchdowns. Okay. Especially off a of turnover. They gotta be touchdowns. We got to the 10. It's third and two against a one and eight football team. We've got to be able to get the two yards. 
Um, so we uh, we end up we end up the first quarter down by four. Um, the defense, however, would force a punt uh, after Connor Johnson made a clutch tackle on third down. The punt would land at the UCO fifth fifteen. However, UCO will quickly take advantage of that off a one-play, 75-yard touchdown drive on the screen pass, getting the trail. We're going to 10 to 7 at the 11:37 mark. Uh, Washburn drove inside the UCO 20 on the following drive, but thanks to a uh, Connor Johnson TFL, and two missed touchdown passes. When I mean missed touchdown passes, like these dudes were open in the end zone, and it was just a very poorly thrown ball. Like I said, if you if you remember the Fort Hayes game from last year, basically kind of what we saw is just Washburn is worse than Fort Hayes was last year. But it was the same thing, right? Remember, remember Fort Hayes left a few touchdowns out there, probably sort of sort of win that football game. Um. They would they would miss the field goal. Yeah, they would miss the field goal. Keeping it a 10 to 7 game. However, Yusu was not able to capitalize going three and out. The pump would land to the Washburn 30, 30, 32. However, thanks to a Connor Johnson pass breakup, a Jack Puckett TFL, and a Zane Adams sack. Connor would then and block the ensuing punt recovered at the Washburn 15. You sure would waste very little, little time as Dawson would find Terrell Davis for a touchdown. We need a 17 to 3 game at the 526 mark. See, that's what we should have done off the first turnover, right? We we got we got a short field. We made quick work of that. We got the touchdown. Um, and again, this is the second game where Connor Johnson has been really good in coverage. I just have to give the man his due credit there. Or the defense would get would get get a stop after Hudson Grant had his first sack of the season, and then there were two Washburn penalties there. With 34 seconds left, now this is what we weren't able to do last week. If you recall last week, when I think it was 40 something seconds left, we was able to get in Hail Mary range. We came up empty on the Hail Mary. We was able to 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 at least get a 37 yard field goal. With five seconds left, thanks to great catches there by Madison and Delso. Uh, and then a pass interference was called on Terrell Davis as well. So, again, I was glad we was able to execute a very good one-minute drill there, add to the lead. So, you know, we got we have a two-score lead. We get the ball coming out of the locker room, right? I feel like you feel like if we can get a three-score lead, Right, we might be able to break the will of Wasburn, right? They have some drives come up come up empty handed there. Right. We're talking about a one win team hasn't had a whole lot going for them this year. Uh, right. Like you figure it's not gonna take much for them to pack it in properly. Uh and again, I give UCO credit. They came out, had a long sustained drive running almost Seven minutes off the clock, ending with a Steph touchdown run in a 27-7. That, that is the best possible way to start the half for UCO right there. Um, like I said, your running clock, 
right? You're getting now a three-score lead. We're almost eliminating the run game because if we keep it, if we're now putting it in their minds, okay, if they having seven-minute drives, how often are we going to see the ball, right? This is what we were very good at last year. I felt like was having those long, sustained drives. And I feel like we had that in spurts this year, right? We was able to go, you know, 80-something, 90-something yard drives. Uh, but we got to do that more consistently moving forward. I think that's going to be the next step. Also, if we could do that next week too, limit Penn State's possessions would also be a major help. Uh, the defense would hold Wasburn thanks to Kobe's interception off and deflection, giving use of the ball at their own 30. However, the drive would end um, on a fourth uh yeah, on a fourth down um, at the 119 mark. However, UCO has a quick three three and out thanks to the Amante deflection, I think, on third down. So UCO would take a 27-7 lead into the, into the fourth. UCO would capitalize off of that said stop. Another long drive ending in a Dominic Dunn touchdown on a fourth and three. Is it? Is this might be the is this the man's first of the season? Fuck is it? Is this first of the I think it's the first of the season. No, did he score against Lincoln? I, I felt like he scored this season. I really do. But if if not, shout out to Dominic Dunn for the touchdown, uh, making it thirty four to seven at the at the eleventh the sixth mark. It was a fantastic play call. We called a timeout on the fourth. Uh, we, I think we, 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 we faked the handoff. We, they thought we were going to bootleg it with Dawson and they, they left Don McDonough in the flat and he's able to get to the uh, perimeter there and get the touchdown. Uh, then Yusuf will come up with another, with another interception this time by Mosley who returned it to the Washburn seven. Uh, Yusuf would capitalize off that with Steph's second and final touchdown of the day. We're going to have 41 to 7 at the 935 mark. Then Yusuf will be able to get another stop and then do what OU did against Texas Tech a few years ago. Run off nearly seven or eight minutes of clock and escape with a 41 to 7 senior day win over Washburn. If we're looking at the numbers, UCO 25 first downs, 173 yards rushing. At 5.1 yards a carry. And, and, and this is what's was most impressive. Only lost five yards on 34 carries. Again, you gotta get the offensive line credit there. Especially because we was down, we're down Montreal, we're down Cayman. Uh there was Mac Gardner in there. We shift lane to guard, take uh in Cayman spot, and we've got uh, Walker Peck now starting at center. I think we can. I think he can. I think Walker still maintains his red shirt because as just happened last week. I see. I can't remember if he played against Lincoln. If he played against Lincoln, I don't think. I feel like we had Kellen Coberson out there against Lincoln. I I think Walker can still keep his red shirt because Pitt would only be the third game. I hope that's the case. Uh, because, like I said, um, that that be that would be lovely seeing how uh, Kellen is a sophomore, be a junior next next year. So, 
Uh, but regardless, though, that is how that that went. Uh, passing the ball, 318 yards, three touchdowns, a 491 total offense on 63 plays. Uh, we punted the ball two times, a 46.5-yard average, one inside the 20. Uh, kicked, off, kicked off eight times, a 50-yard average, one touchback. And then uh, we were cheat two or nine on third down. We got to be better than that. We just have to play against a one-win team. Two or three on fourth, four or five in the red zone because we missed the field goal. We did notch four sacks. In, uh, with, no, we did. We notched. Yeah, we notched four sacks in the game. Again, full credit to the defense there. And again, what we should have done against previous other two really bad teams that we that we played. But again, this is good progress that we're seeing here now. And we were two or two. You were not two or two on field goals, I don't I don't think. Um and looking at Wasburn, 16 first downs, three by penalty. So only 13 earned first downs. However, most impressive 53 yards rushing on 31 carries at 1.7 yards a carry. If you take away the sacks, they still would have only have had 86. So again, by far the best run defense we've had since since Kearney. They had 187 yards passing on roughly 50% completion, two interceptions, 240 yards on 64 plays. They only averaged 27.8 yards a punt, huh? Wow, okay, I did not realize the punting was that bad for them. Uh, they were 2 or 13 on third down, so fantastic defense there. Uh, 3 or 4 on fourth, 1 or 2 in the red zone, uh, 1 or 1 on PATs, 0 or 1 on field goals. Then looking at the individual numbers here, Dawson, 16 of 24, 283, 3 touchdowns, long at 85. Uh, Steph, 5 for 5, 35 yards, long of 14. Uh, running the ball, Steph, and again, is is very fitting because I this is, a, this is a vintage Steph performance, right? Final home game, leads the team in rushing, 12, 12 carries, 55 yards, two touchdowns, long of 10, 4.6 yards a carry. Only lost two yards on, on 12 carries. It just, again, I'm glad for the man there. Uh, Trayvon, nine carries, 46 yards, longer 10, 5.1 yards a carry, only lost one yard. Ken Cottrell, six for 41, lost no yards, longer 18, uh, 6.8 yards a carry. Dawson, four for 25, lost no yards, long of 11, 6.3 yards a carry. And then Payton Scott, one for eight. Receiving-wise, Jalen Control led, led the way three for 106. One touchdown, long at 85. In his first career 100-yard game receiving out there, Jalen, Jalen Control. We know how a, a quality receiving back the man was last year for us. Uh, Darius Melton, three for 58, long at 32. Madison Ridgeway, four for 48, long of 19. Again, I feel like the best game of the season there. He had a beautiful sideline catch. Uh, this has been well. He had touchdown against Lincoln, right? If we if we can get if we can get him going again next week, build some more momentum for him heading into the offseason. So I'm telling you right now, the receive the receiving core is looking like it could be the best we've had since 
2017, when we had JT Looper, who at all levels of football and receiving yards, Josh Crocker, who's playing for the Tulsa Oilers now, uh, Elliott Curry, who wanted to be an All-American at Henderson State, Dustin Boskis, and I feel like I'm forgetting some people, but like that was a very, very, very good receiving core. I, I feel like what we've seen out of Delson, what we've seen out of Madison, out of Terrell this year, out of Darius, out of Tariq at times, out of Christian Romero at times. Then plus you add in Oscar, who did not play. I think he's hurt. You add in Oscar and Dominic Dunn from that from that tight end spot. Telling you right now, that receiving core looking mighty explosive. That's not counting the redshirt freshman that we had. There was uh uh, uh, Kelsey and C.J. Williams actually got his first catch of his career, one for five yards. Shout out there to him. But you've got Steven Sisko and Hagen Hacker, who I was very high on, the, the freshman out of Medill and Grove, respectively, right? So I think Coach Curley's unit there, uh, I, I just got to give him credit. I got to give him credit for special teams, give him credit for the talent he has amassed in that in that room right there because I'm telling you that's a very scary receiving core. Uh Adele sold three for 35 long of 16. Terrell three for 31. One touchdown long of 17. Peyton Hunt the long snapper one for 14. Dominic Dunn one for eight one touchdown. Christian Romero one for seven. Kavion Williams one for six. Forgot about his this man. I think his red shirts would also still be preserved. So he's another explosive guy. I said, showed some JT Looper tendencies out of Westmore. Uh, then defensively, here leading the way, Connor Johnson, eight tackles, one TFL, four breakups, one one pump block. I just, again, it's just when Connor Johnson is on, boy, he is on. Jack Puckett, five tackles, one TFL. Kyshaw Murray, four tackles. I will say... Again, I have to give Ty some credit. They put him out there a lot. He had a nice open field tackle on the force of third down. Uh, I I give him credit. This is the second game I've been impressed with Ty I think I said uh, it was Northeastern States. Is it Northeastern State or Lincoln? One of the two. I, I have to give Ty some credit again. I thought he did a, a good job out there. Um, I, I know I'm willing to give guys credit when credit is due. Uh, Grant Hudson, four tackles, one TFL, one sack. Zane Adams, four tackles, one TFL, one sack. Hunter Largen, four tackles, a half TFL. Mosley, three tackles, one interception return for 50 yards. Should have been a pick six. Should have been a pick six. Uh, Thomas Webb, three tackles. Is that, that a season high for the man? I feel like I feel like it is shout out to Thomas Webb Jr. fellow Steeler fan. Uh, Monte Davis two tackles one breakup. J.K. Moore two tackles one TFL one breakup. Grant Lord two tackles a half TFL. Marlo Hughes two tackles. Noah West two tackles. See that's see why why he only half tackles against Washburn when he had. Well, then I feel like he had a sack last last week. See, we can't we can't allow him to get neutralized. Right, that, that's something we've got to uh, got to figure that out there uh, with the defensive staff and the offices in here. Try to figure out ways 
we can move him around. I don't know if we can take some inspiration from what Dallas does with like Micah Parsons, but like we, we've got to get him in, in favorable matchups here uh, so we can get back to the Noah that we've seen in recent weeks and that we saw last year. Uh, Zion, two tackles. Reese Roller, two tackles. Daniel Gordon, two tackles, one hurry. Noah also had one hurry. Like I said, I was very pleased with Lenny Gordon out there today. I feel like, feel like so sometimes Lenny jumps out at you. You're like, okay, I, I see why he was a high level guy, and then other times he kind of disappears. So again, we just we just get consistency there. Um, be nice. Wesley Hudson, two tackles, one TFL, one sack. They also had a tackle. Not not sure when that happened, but okay, go go for the man. Uh, Kobe Stevens one tackle, one interception. Johnny Wilson one tackle, one TFL, one sack. Again, it's very good to get Johnny back. I think Johnny affects it and more than just rushing the pass. He does a very good job of uh, putting his hands up, uh, making the passing lanes tough. Christian Romero one tackle, Reed Lindsay one tackle, one TFL. Jamori Ray, one tackle. Kazen Bird, one tackle. Marcus Sewell, one tackle. And Nicky Covello on the opening kickoff. Now, do you recall, was that the Kearney game? I think it was the Kearney game when he laid that return man out. <laughs> Nicky did the same thing again. I, I just <laughs> got to give this man credit because most kickers just go for the trip. They'll die. They'll get out the way. No, 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 no. Like, like Nicky's low on the shoulder. He's throwing everything he has behind it. I respect the man wouldn't do that right there. I got to give him a shout out there because that, that was fantastic to see. Um, on the returns, Cam Manahan won kickoff for 34 yards. Uh yeah, okay. And then the field goal, Covado missed. No, he hit, he hit both of them? He did? Okay, I guess he did. Okay, my bad. He hit both, one from 24, one from 38. Uh, and then you can see he was five on five on PAT. So, turning our attention now to Pitt State coming off a surprising one-point loss on the road to Missouri Western. It was a back-and-forth football game. Uh, Pitt State was able to make it a one-point game at the 7.09 mark in the fourth, but was not able to score after that point there. Uh, we're looking at the numbers from that game. The first downs were even. However, what jumped out to me here is the fact that Missouri Western held Pitt State 59 yards rushing. On 37 carries, granted they had they had 65 yards in losses because they had four sacks against Pitt State there. Uh, Pitt State would have had 124 minus sacks, but Pitt State also allowed 151 on 40 carries at 3.8 yards a carry, despite three sacks of their own. So we if if the if the line plays the way we know they can play. We might have a chance to get the run game going. Now, Pitch State did only miss four passes through for 324, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but again, if we can make the one-dimensional, I think we have a shot here, right? We did, 
If we, if we can force him to beat us passing, especially with the way the pass rush has been, the past handful of games, and the way the secondary is showing improvements there, right? We caught, you've got what the uh, kind of game with two defensive picks. So I, I feel like there is some potential there. Uh, pitch there was 9 of 13 on third, 0 of 1 on fourth, 3 of 3 in the red zone, 3 of 4 on PATs, though. So, yeah, we know we, we forced a missed kick there yesterday. Uh, I feel like there's another opportune time here again. Uh, if we're looking at the season stats for Pitt State, they are offensively averaging 36.4 points a game, 175.2 yards a game rushing and four and a half yards a carry. But again, as we saw there, Missouri Western was able to neutralize that. We know we should have beaten Missouri Western. So I, I feel like, I feel like that that's going to be a big test, right? We've seen strides in the run game the past handful of weeks. To me, this is the big test. If we can limit Pitt State, even if they get, uh, even if they get a buck twenty rushing, I'll pick, I'll pick that as a positive. As long as they're not ripping off 10, 15 yard chunks. If it's like three, four, five yard gains, fine. But if we can limit Pitt State to, to, you know, few to no big runs there, that's a fantastic sign. A passing, they're averaging 240.4 yards a game, 20 touchdowns to five picks, averaging 415.6 yards a game of offense. Uh, they are converting 49.1% of third, 65% on fourth, they are 11 of 13 on field goals. So, again, there's a chance they've already blocked two this year. Forced misses. Been sacked 12 times. 42 of 48 in the red zone with 33 of them being touchdowns. Uh, 41 of 42 on PATs. Then defensively allowing a salty 16.9 points per game. Allowing only 104.1 yards a game rushing. A four yards a carry with six touchdowns, allowing 186 and a half yards a game passing, 15 touchdowns to 16 picks. Oh boy. So, what we need here is we need Dawson to play his best game of the season, at least from a ball security standpoint. We got to take what the defense gives us. We cannot force it, we, we, we cannot be taking ill advised shots. Right, because clearly this is an opportune secondary that will make you pay for it. The last thing we need we need we need to need to do is get pitch states some, some short fields. Okay, so uh we gotta make sure the ball security is there. Allowing 290.6 yards a game, holding foes to 35.5% on third, only 18.7% on fourth. That's tough. They only allowed three or sixteen on fourth downs. Uh, they've allowed them. They've gotten ten sacks on the season. Dang, people! People only kicked five field goals against them. Uh, they have. They are all allowing uh seventeen touchdowns though on twenty five trips in the in the red zone. Uh, then the quarterback quarter breakdown. 
outscoring foes in the first 51 to 27, in the second 101 to 31. Good grief. The third 81 to 27, and the fourth 131 to 84. So it, this is a team that starts slow. I think if you followed along on the box scores, they started slow. So UCO's best chance in this game, if we come out the gates and we hit them early, uh, we can get we get a multiple score lead. Cause you know in this in the second and the fourth they're coming. Now it seems like they start eat each half slow. So if we can come out the gate strong in each half. If we can get the lead and keep the lead, would be our best bet. Because I, I don't want to do what happened that year against Pitt State. We got, we got down by 19 in the fourth. They got very lucky. Uh, Rob Fuentes was just on one in that game. Josh Moore came up clutch right there. I would not like to see that again. We'll have to keep it closer. Then that, especially the fact that Pitt State's running the ball at a very high clip, and we know the run defense has struggled. So if we could just jump on them early, kind of stay on them there, weather the storm in the second, uh, come out the gate in the in the in the third, and then hopefully do enough damage there to hold on in the fourth, no matter how we did against Kearney, I think would be the preferred method. I mean, obviously you want to score every drive, but. Oh, Penn State has the numbers for offense. I, oh, I appreciate that greatly right there. Oh, you love to see. Uh, so their they're, they're leading rusher, uh, Antoine Squire. What a great name. Uh, you know, I have to say, the names, the, the names on the guys this year, has been nothing short of fantastic, man. Like, this has got to be like the best I, I've seen in my time covering. Uh, Antoine Squire, 5'9", 195, senior from Suitland, Maryland, by way of Lackawanna Community College, and that's in Pennsylvania. Uh, 101 carries, 546 touchdowns, long to 61, 5.3 yards a carry. Only lost 16 yards on 101 carries, though. And then you have Noah Hernandez, the Jinx product, who is he a senior now? Or is a junior? Okay, 5'10, 195. Uh, 62 carries, 378, three touchdowns, long of 30, 6.1 yards a carry. Only lost seven. Uh, and then they have, aside from their quarterback, who we'll get to in a minute here. They have Cleo Chandler Jr., who is a 5'11", 200-registered sophomore from Cleburne, Texas. So, three-headed rushing attack there. He leads them with six rushing touchdowns, uh, 63 carries, 276, 4.4 yards a carry along of 21. He's probably the power back. So, again, we need to run defense there to be stout because uh, this, is a, uh, this is a strong rushing attack there. They spread the wealth. It's not just one main bell cow. So, uh, that's something to keep an eye out on. Passing the ball is led by, well, actually, then, because I thought 
He was a starter. There's also a backup quarterback, Ty Pennington, who is a 6'3", 207, Sam Springs guy. Okay. All right, so okay, Penn Scott gets to play a fellow Sam Dyke in his, in his last game. He's been primarily used as a runner, 56 carries, 284, four touchdowns, 5.1 yards a carry, long of 23, and throwing the ball this year, 35 of 27 for 322, five touchdowns, no picks. But their starting quarterback is one Chad Dotson Jr., 5'11", 205 Jr., Jacksonville, Florida. On this season, 69.7% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns to five picks, 2,068 yards, 206.8 yards a game. And then receiving-wise, leading receiver is Devin Garrison. Uh, Devin Garrison is a, as I scroll, um, 6'6", 240, tight end. Uh, okay, out of Elk, Elk River, Minnesota, by way of Iowa Western Community College. Leads the way, 39 catches, 643, five touchdowns, along with 28. Then they have Colby Katzis. I think he's from Lincoln Christian, if I'm not mistaken. He was there last year. Uh, he is indeed from Lincoln Christian, 6'1", 182, sophomore. He's got 34 catches, 486, three touchdowns, long of 55. Then the only other receiver of true note is Cam Gillespie. Cam Gillespie is a five, six foot 196 red freshman receiver out of St. Louis, Missouri. He's got 11 catches for a buck 23, three touchdowns, long of 30 or 31. Also of note, Kobe Katsis does have a kickoff return of 100 yards for a touchdown this season. So special teams doing it. Uh, we definitely have got to bring the A game there, seeing how Wasburn almost broke a few. Uh, then looking defensively here for the Gorillas. Led by Jack Barkley. Uh, Jack Barkley is a 6'1", 220-pound Bissell Kelly native, okay? Tulsa, all right. Uh, 70 tackles, 8.5 TFLs, 3 sacks, 3 breakups, 1 hurry. Good grief. Um, The leading sack leader... Is Jack Barkley. Um, the second leading sack leader is Brandon Stiegel. Uh, 6'2", 217 junior from Carrollton, Texas. He's got 22 tackles, 2.5 TFLs, 2 sacks, 2 breakups, 4 hurries. However, <clears throat> the team lead... On hurries is Dubin Okonkwo. He was there last year. He's very good. Um, six six foot two twenty eight redshirt junior out of Kansas City, Missouri. 
Uh, he's got 19 tackles, two TFLs, one sack, one breakup, but 10 hurries. We've got to make sure that we block him. It was, he, was, he was a problem last year. Uh, so I, I hope, I don't know if he's going to be going up against Noah. Or where, but we gotta, we've got to have the pass protection. If we can get the quick pass game going, we get the guys out there in space again. I don't know how many deep shots we can get in this game. That secondary is very stingy. Uh, and I, I just, I maybe we get the short, the short immediate pass game going there. We know that's where Delso has had the bread and butter this this season. Uh, right, we get the ball in the hands of, of Madison. We get the ball in the hands of Tariq and Darius, uh, and Terrell, right, and we let them kind of do the heavy lifting. I, I think might be best. I, I'm just, I'm just afraid with what we've seen. We've taken the deep shots this year. Uh, the amount of overthrows when we when Dawson forces it right, I just we can't really afford those risks. Uh, Saturday it is is kind of what I'm thinking here. Uh, then looking at the secondary, the team leading interceptions is Jordan Rogers, five ten one seventy eight redshirt sophomore safety from Bellmead, Texas. Uh, he's got 23 tackles, five TFLs, one sack, but five interceptions, three breakups. That see that 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 right there is concerning. Uh, they also have uh, we're right here, Michael Lacey, who is a 510-188 senior safety Toledo transfer. He's got 36 tackles, five TFLs, two picks, nine breakups, one recovery. And then you also, with two picks, got Carson Otworth. Uh, Carson Otworth is a six foot one, 188 sophomore safety, West Texas AM transfer. So, see, this is, what I, this, is, this is kind of what I'm saying here. The safety is looking really good. Yeah, I just, I'm afraid for the for the for the deep ball there. Um, then in terms of deflections, leading the way is Jalen Fuxa. What a great name again! Um, five eleven one seventy redshirt sophomore out of Frisco, Texas, at corner. He's got. 28 tackles, one and a half TFLs, one pick, but team high 12 breakups. Uh, Lacey has nine breakups. So again, this is a very, a very active secondary. And they do have one block kick on the season. It would appear from Jeremy Sharp. Jeremy Sharp is a... 63289 redshirt sophomore from Peculiar, Missouri. So yeah, we definitely need the uh we 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 de we definitely need special teams. We we're gonna need a full effort. We're gonna call it what it is. We need a full effort if we're going if we're going to come away with the upset here. We need 
to have four full quarters from all three units. It's going to take that. This is a very good football team. We saw we saw what they what they what they did to us last year, right? Like it, they were clearly were leaps and bounds better than anything that we had. Um, that that we right that we had. It was just. I, I know here's the thing. Like I know it's I know it's in us, right? Like I know we had the furious comeback against Emporia. We had a furious comeback against Missouri Western, right? We had a very tough, hard fought game against a solid uh Missouri Southern team, right? But we were in the game against Fort Hayes as a very good football team. We were in the game against Central Missouri for a period of time, right? Like if if we can just harness four court, if we can get what we saw last year against Northeastern State, I just I at this point that's an anomaly because like prior to that I had not seen a game like that since 2018 when they shut out we shut out Wasburn 34 nothing I don't think we shut out Missouri something that that year too but like. That's the last time that, like, Yusho has looked that crisp. 2018 against Washburn, they had a dude that was drafted by the Giants in the sixth round. He was an All-American return man, and we had him the Jack Deadly squad. That was the last time that, like, I felt like we were clicking on all cylinders to that degree. And I saw that last year. And again, I, <laughs> I said it then, right? John Fitzgerald pretty much summed it up. <clears throat> he was shocked at what we were seeing. I, we could just get that. Because that, to me, is the potential of this team. I think that's what makes it so frustrating. Because, again, you're going to say, yeah, it's North Eastern State, they're bad. It, that's not what I'm looking at. I'm just looking at the execution I was looking at the the effort, the energy. That is what championship level fo- that was championship level football that we saw out there. And we have not seen much of that since, right? And if the goal is giving the moves to the roster, the goal is a championship caliber team, we got to see more of that. And we haven't seen that this year. Uh, and so uh, if we can see that Saturday would give tremendous momentum, win, lose, or draw at that point. Like, if we, if we, if we win, fantastic. If we lose, though, just as long as, like, we can walk away from that knowing, you know, we played four full quarters of UCL football, and if Pitt State wins, then they just win. That's a very good football team still, right? I don't think anybody's going to necessarily hang their heads about that, right? But it needs to not be a 38-7 loss, right? It needs to be how it was last time that we played there. It was a seven-point loss, and we know those guys fought and played their behinds off, right? I, that's what we need to see out there heading into next season, because our next season is very critical here, right? We're looking, we're looking at the roster, a lot of seniors. There is, is we, this is a, this is a 
the roster is in win now mode, right? And we we didn't do that this year. We got to call it what it is. We did not do that this this year, right? Thankfully, there was only nine seniors here. Okay, so we've got a better chance next year, right? But we need positive momentum heading into next year, and I just. Well, we, we need a good showing. I, I think that's what we did. We need a good showing. I want it for the seniors. Um, but but I just I just more so in terms of positive momentum heading into the offseason, uh maybe some some extra motivation because next year has to be the year. It, it, it has to be the year. At a minimum we get back to a bowl. At a minimum we actually win a meaningful road game. At a minimum, we string together two, three, four, full four-quarter games in a row, right? Like, next year has to be the year. So, I, I, I again, we need momentum heading into next year, right? Because uh, if that's boom or bust, I mean, we, we, it, it was, it's not, it was not promising if we go in there with a blowout loss, right? So. That's all I'm saying there. Again, I, I I hope the guys play hard there, and I hope we're able to pull the upset. Uh, as, we, as we wrap up here, looking at the scores from around the conference, Kearney beat Lincoln 38-6 to on senior day. Glad for T.J. Davis. Actually, I'm curious now. What? Uh, hopefully, the man had a good had a good game. I need I need to see this. What do you have? What did TJ do? TJ had three touchdowns passing, 230, only missed two passes. Ran for 168, two scores. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for TJ because, again, I know he was considering transferring. You just got to wonder if he regrets not transferring. Um, so I'm glad that he had that moment there. Uh, Central Missouri beat Fort Hayes 47-28 to in Warrensburg. I think Fort Hayes needed that win to keep playoff hopes alive. I think they're pretty much a shoe-in for a, a, a bowl game there. They actually jumped out to a 21-14 lead uh, before Central Missouri tied it up, would find themselves down by seven and then down by three, but would then, uh, I mean down by 14, but would then outscore them after that Um was that five twenty two to nothing rest of the way? So twenty three twenty three nothing the rest of the way. So uh, I give Fort Hayes credit though; they played them a lot closer than than a lot of teams have outside of Pitt State, really. Um, so let's see what did Zabrowski still have four fifty nine and five touchdowns. That man is just a different beast, bro. Like that again, like you have to give Coach Lambert some credit because that and, and, and like <clears throat> I think that's the thing too, right? We know how bad they were last year. This man in one year's time went from like bottom feeder in the conference to a playoff team that might win the conference. So we know it's possible, right? I mean, it's just you know. Uh, Emporia ended up beating the brakes on Missouri Southern on senior day, to my surprise. 63-28, to did not think it would be that bad of a score. But they was up at the half, 42-7. to I just, 
Man, I know Missouri Southern doesn't have the firepower, but I I I expected a better fight than that. Holy buckets! Holy buckets! Wow, these are some bad numbers. Uh, so Emporia State had 45 first downs. Jeez, man. That is crazy. 313 yards rushing on 57 carries, five touchdowns, only lost six yards. 482 passing on 42 of 46 with four touchdowns. They were five yards shy of 800 yards on 103 plays. Oh, Missouri Southern. Oh, that's bad. And they, were, they were 15 of 17 on third, 8 of 10 in the red zone. Oh, Missouri Southern. Only had 34 yards rushing. Oh, that's bad. Oh, boy, that's... I mean, I mean the man, they did have 315 passing and three touchdowns, but... Golly, man. Thinking uh, DeAndre Thomas Jr. for Emporia, 23 carries, a buck 50, zero losses, five touchdowns. I mean, sheesh. Oh, okay. I, I tell you, boy, the, the offensive numbers this year are uh, this. <laughs> it's like we playing, we playing instant play on festival mode, bro. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that that is that is shocking. That 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 is shocking. Uh, then we know what happened to Pitt State. We know what happened to UCO. So that leaves our dear friends down in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Oh, did we? It was that. Well, it was the siege day. I don't know how many seniors they had. I, I, I truly don't know how many seniors they had. All I know is I, I sincerely was hoping. I truly was. I get their arrival. Like I said, I'm a J.J. Eckert fan. They, 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 they play hard for the man. I, he's building the program the right way. I was sincerely hoping that they would not we shut out for a fifth time this season. Truly was, they had they had the daunting task to play Northwest Missouri. Uh, we we know North Missouri is down this year, but still. And uh, unfortunately for the Riverhawks, they was not able to score in that football game. <laughs> well, they lost fifty-two to nothing. I give them credit. It was only ten nothing at the end of the first quarter. Uh, and so. I give them that, but that's the fifth shutout in 10 games. Uh, I, I was looking at this the other day, and, and remember when I was saying, I don't know how they averaging still like 9.7 points a game. It's because when you don't score, I mean, there's no point to add to that, right? So 
these shutouts have actually somehow helped the scoring numbers for him. It's weird, but like you look at this, and I, I'm dead sitting in the sad part is here is I believe all but one of the shutouts. Okay, did that back. Three of these shutouts were at home. So if, if we're looking, they were shut out uh, opening day of the season of Ford Hayes, 56 to nothing at home. Yeah, that's a tough way to start the, start the season. And, 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 you know, we experienced that last year, not to that degree, but. Um, and they were shut out by Emporia at home, 38 to nothing, which was, was actually isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Just. Given <laughs> what we've seen out of Emporia, so like, that's bad. Uh, then they were shut up the following week by Missouri, shutting on the road, forty-two to nothing. Then they nearly avoided a homecoming shutout. They scored with like five seconds left. They almost went, almost went eight quarters without. No, almost went twelve quarters without scoring a touchdown. Bad. They never shut out against Missouri Western last week. <laughs> 40 40 nothing. And then uh and yesterday 52 nothing. Uh if we looking, I need to see the numbers from that game. If we're looking at the numbers from that game, oh, Okay, I'll tell you. I'm telling you this right now. Next week, we're looking at the season stats for NSU and Lincoln. I, I, I'm doing this. I need to see the comparisons because <laughs> I need. I, I out of my own curiosity here. They had eight first downs in four quarters, so two first downs a quarter. They had seven yards rushing on 26 carries. <laughs> <laughs> they have 40 yards but lost 33 average 0.3 yards a carry but that's that's just tough man they, 117 passing on 11 or 20, 21 and a 124 of 47 plays bro <laughs> One of 11 on third, one of two on fourth. Oh, one. So they missed the field goal. Oh, they. Oh, Northeastern State could have avoided the shutout at least. Oh, that's tough. I thought that happened to them before when they, they missed a field goal. They could have avoided the shutout. That's. That's. <laughs> this is tough. Uh, what, what did they allow? They allowed 29 first downs, 206 rushing, 46 yards of carry, 390 passing to six touchdowns. How you let Mike Honesty do that to you? Oh, oh, Northeastern State. Oh, that's, that's, that's sad, man. You're going to let Mike Honesty do that to you. 
Like, 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 like you couldn't get an inkling of a of a of a pass rush in the game. What is? I mean, they had they had one sack, but I uh, I just that's just tough, man. Allowed four yards shy of six hundred yards off. How you let Mike Honesty though go for sixteen of twenty three, three fifty nine and six touchdowns? It's Mike Honesty. Oh, that's you know you just uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's it truly, truly tough for them. Uh, looking at the final week of the season, oh, <laughs> oh, come. Why, why, why? You know, it's just, <laughs> don't. Okay, you got 12 p.m. kickoff in Jefferson City, Missouri. Lincoln's final game. As a quasi MIAA member, senior day against Central Missouri. <laughs> Again, I said the worst score I seen was Fort Hayes beating Northeastern State on their senior day, ninety-one to seven, back in twenty-nine nineteen. There's a good chance. There's a very good chance that <laughs> that could be matched. Uh, <coughs> unless. I, I will say, though, odds are the game's over by, at worst, a half. And they're pulling guys. But then again, Fort Hayes did the same thing. They just ran the ball. It was just, yeah, that, that's going to be bad. I, 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 well, that's, that's tough. Lincoln would have lost, what is that, what, we're talking about 38 straight games at that point. Tough for head coach Jermaine Gale. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for the man. Truly am. Uh, it, it, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's tough. You know what? I think I found my next NCAA Dynasty team. Yep. I think I have. Uh, Emporia at Fort Hayes, 1 p.m. kickoff. That's a very interesting game because I don't know what the bowl picture is like right now uh, because you got Missouri Western up there as well. That's a very big game. I, that, that might determine who, who, who gets to a bowl there. So uh, keep an eye out on that score. Northeastern State at Washburn, 1 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, I think Washburn wants that football game. I, I, I think, well, see, I don't know, because if Northeastern State plays the way they did against Kearney when off of 14, and they play the way they played against us in that second and third quarter, I, I, that's, a, that's a legitimate toss-up right there. That, that, that's a legitimate toss-up right there, which is... Which is which is sad for Washington at that point. That's that's tough. Uh, Kearney and Northwest for their senior day, 1.30 p.m. kickoff there in Marysville. UCO at Pitt State, 2 p.m. kickoff in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And then Missouri Western at Missouri Southern, 2 p.m. kickoff down there in Joplin. Uh, and when we look at the standings, 
We've got uh, leading the pack there, Central Missouri right now at nine and one. Pitt State eight and one. Missouri Western seven and two. Emporia six and three. Fort Hayes six and three. Northwest five and four. UCO four and five. Missouri Southern three and six. Kearney two and seven. And then Northeastern State and Wasburn zero oh and nine. Somebody would get their first conference win. Hoping it's Northeastern State. I just, again, it's tough. It's tough. Uh, it up here, though, we do have some, uh, we do have some other useful news. Uh, head coach Mike Cook's tenure has come to an end. Uh, the soccer team lost it was 2-1 to one in the opening round of the MIAA playoffs. Shout out there to Mike Cook. Just a uh, fantastic career. Uh, wishing him a happy retirement there. Uh, basketball, the boys beat the brakes. I think it was was it was it was it Maryhurst, whatever it was, by like forty points there. <clears throat> they were ranked twenty fifth by somehow, uh, and then they won today. I think it was by seven. So they went two and zero down there in their tournament in Florida. Shout out there to head coach Ball Hoffman and the ninth ranked men's men's basketball team. Uh, then in other UCL football news, Robert Fuentes, different cat Robert Fuentes, was at a open tryout for the San Antonio Gunslingers <clears throat> of the Indoor Football League. As you recall, we have Josh Crockett of the Tulsa Oilers. Uh, he resigned with Tulsa, so he'll be back there. Also in the Indoor Football League, he had an open tryout. He and three others earned a contract after the after the tryout there. Very glad for Rob. I felt like Rob should have been signed to some league way, but way prior to this. So I'm glad Rob's getting a chance to get, he gets to do it in his in his, in his uh home hometown. We definitely will be will be watching them. Uh, I don't know if they play Tulsa. Um because Tulsa does show their game on the Cox channel. So uh, I'm hoping they get to play Tulsa this year. They play on on uh, play to play at Tulsa there. Uh, might even try to try to go to that game. But uh, I'm I'm very glad for Rob there. Uh, we, we we know we know how good Rob was in the uniform. I'm sure he will do the same thing in a gunslinger uniform there. Uh, <clears throat> and then Tra Trayvon Craig, of course, still doing great things over there in the X League in Japan. So it's good to see. Good to see former shows still uh, pursuing their football careers. So, so again, I'm glad for the seniors. They was able to get their senior day win. Um, but they was able to, to again, end making Richardson Stadium a fair place to place to play. Uh, I just hope they can end with a they can end with a a win, a a, a massive legacy cementing win there. Uh, worst case, they go out in a in a blaze of glory, leaving leaving everything that they have out there. Um, but what you can expect moving moving forward here, we'll have the pitch yeah, the pitch state recap next next week. Um, just some just some initial final thoughts on the season as a whole, and then we'll have a separate uh, season review or yeah season. Season recap uh, episode where I go more in depth position by by position and such, um, and then I will also be having the uh, 
I, I said I was going to do the vlog. I scrapped the vlog. I will do a <clears throat> video on my updated setup because it has been a, a, a minute. So um, I wanted to show you what we are working with here at Trollshell Podcast Network headquarters. Um, so that, that's what you can expect. I think the vlog might, the, the, the update, the update might be a little bit. Same with the channel update too. There will be one out at some point this month. Uh, what you can expect for the off season. I'm gonna try to get back to the one-on-ones after Christmas break because it's gonna be tough for the guys because you know obviously they've got there's Thanksgiving, there's finals, and there's Christmas break. So um, I'll try to get back to those in January. I've got a list of guys I want to try to try to get on. So those should be making a return here sooner rather than later. Um, but that will all be be, be detailed in the uh, channel update that will come probably at the end of the month. Like I said, after I make the pitch day episode, probably be MIA for a couple of weeks. Uh, need to decompress before I objectively take time to objectively look at the season uh, before we do the season recap. So my, my might be about, about a week or so. Um, between the pitch date episode and the season recap, but that's what you can expect there um, uh, up, up, upcoming. So again, I'm wishing the guys the best of luck. I'm glad the seniors was able to go out on a high note. Hopefully they can go out with the even better note, pulling off the upset against Pitt State. So until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, AKA JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.